Welcome to the Work Camper Show, brought to you by WorkCamper.com. This podcast helps you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. Each one of our episodes will introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to work camping opportunities all around the U.S. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Today I'm interviewing a former over-the-road truck driver who was motivated to start RVing in order to see and experience many of the places he just whizzed by in his truck. Today's episode is sponsored by Work at Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work at Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. Thomas Strang is originally from New York, but hit the road in his motorhome the day after Thanksgiving in 2020. Since then, he and his wife have enjoyed a wide variety of work camping jobs in multiple states. Each job kept him in the area long enough to truly enjoy the culture and history of the region. That was a vastly different experience from his travels during the 15 years he worked as a truck driver. During that time, he passed popular destinations like Mount Rushmore, but never had the opportunity to stop and visit. Work camping gave him much more flexibility to do the things Thomas liked to do. He also enjoyed the variety of job duties, which enabled him to pick what looked like a fun job to do for a while, just to try it out. To tell us more about his work camping experiences, please welcome Thomas Strang to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Tom. I really appreciate the time. How long have you been RVing? Began the full-time adventure the day after Thanksgiving 2020. Okay, so a couple of years under your belt almost. Yes. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from the Albany, New York area, but retired out of the Syracuse, New York area. Okay. So you are a native New Yorker. Yes. I heard things are different in that part of the state than it is in New York City. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can they imagine. say anything above the where the train ends in Yonkers is upstate. How long have you been work camping? The entire time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How many work camping jobs have you had? We started our adventure at the Care Center for Escapees in Livingston, Texas. It's an incredible facility. Yes, it was very enjoyable. A good first time experience. It was really good. What did you, know, you do get, there? We, how would you say, we took care of the, the full-time RVers. That's what it is. It's where they go to retire. And then we helped because of the COVID and stuff. We brought them their drinks and we brought them their placemats and place settings. And we cleaned up everything. They got their own food kind of cafeteria style. And then we cleaned up after them and we did that for three meals a day. Okay. That sounds like a, a very valuable service to provide. Yeah, and it's not, not just retirees. Escapees Care also deals with people who are 
uh, dealing with an unexpected injury or illness yes. where they have to come yep. off the road for a short yep. period of time. Yes, they did. Yep. And they also had, they also took care of disabled in the area. There were a couple military vets, younger kids that came in that were PSTD and things like mm-hmm. that. And then they helped with that. But it was interesting. Super. What else have you done? And then we went to New York in the Catskill region, back to New York and pool duty and maintenance and housekeeping. And then from there, we went to Oregon on the coast for 10 months. That would be fun. That was beautiful. What did you do there? Grounds work. And Robin, my wife did the office work, but I did mowing and trimming. And it it was when when it was sunny, like today here, 75 degrees, it was beautiful, but we had some we were in that, what they call the atmospheric river, and we got over 80 inches of rain while we were there. Holy cow. <laughs> so that was different, but the, right on the, I mean, we're right on the ocean. It was beautiful. It's, it was incredible. And then after that, the beet harvest, and then down to South Carolina for last winter, and now we're currently in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a fun area. What part of Massachusetts? Yep. It's called Oakham. We're not right. We are actually five miles from the geographic center of the state. Okay. So we're bright dead center of the state of Massachusetts. If you love history, that's the place to be. Oh yeah. We went, I went out, we went to, on 4th of July, we went out to the Boston Harbor and took a cruise and watched the USS Constitution go out and do the 21 gun salute and come back. It, It was fun. The USS Constitution is the oldest yep. wooden ship in the military, and it's still active. Yep. It's still active, yes. In fact, my son was Navy, and he had some guys that actually were stationed on it at some point. Really? That yep. would be yep. fun. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Be uh, interesting to see that go out and fire its cannons. Yep. Yes, it was interesting. It was very nice, very fun. What it was uh, not the most beautiful day, but we were close enough to it with boat we were on we went right up alongside it It was beautiful it was fun and we did the freedom trail and we've done the lighthouses all along the coast and we went down to cape cod and we went to newport and did the mansion tour and we went up to mount washington so that's what we want to do we like to sightsee what attracted you to the rving and work camping lifestyle i was an over the road truck driver for the last 15 years of my career and I got to see the country, but I didn't get to stop and enjoy it. I know the feeling. So I got to drive by the Badlands and I got to drive by Mount Rushmore and I got to drive by certain areas, but never got to stop. And that's, so the driving part is easy for me. And, but now we can stop getting the car and go see everything. And that's really enjoyable. Hard to pull over an 18 wheeler just to take a picture, isn't it? Yeah, I did actually. One time I stopped along Interstate 90 and I just was on a little pull off because I needed to take a rest. And I looked out and I could see um, from ET Close Encounters, Devil's Mount, the Devil's yep. Tower mm-hmm. it was way out in the distance. It was neat. I understand you had an interesting job at the Beat Harvest. I was. I got the job through a farm, so it wasn't part of what they call the unbeatable harvest experience. I didn't, I, I drove from farm to field to receiver, back to field, back to receiver, did that 12 hours a day, 
and then put the truck to bed and did it again the next day. So you were driving like the big trucks that Eight, come off of the field. Dollars. You don't have to have a CDL license to do it. I do have a CDL license, but you don't have to have one because it's considered seasonal work. That's interesting. But you would so, have to have experience operating heavy equipment, I would imagine. There were six sets of us, and some of them didn't have any experience whatsoever. Well, they're driving a car or a pickup truck. Wow. And they took us out, showed us what to do. All the trucks were automatic, day cabs, that type, small, smaller, big rigs. And took us out, took everybody what to do, showed us, drove with somebody for a couple days, and then right to it. And you found that job through a farm. How did you come yeah. about that? I believe it was, I believe it was through work camper or a work camper site. I don't remember exactly. I had heard about the beet harvest and then something came up on one of the Facebook pages or web pages or whatever about from a farm. And I got in touch with them and they were great. Very good people. What have you liked the most about the work camping experiences you've had? I guess it's the flexibility because when you get somewhere, they're all pretty much understand that you're not a full-time 48, 40 hour worker so that they'll give you the three days in a row that you need, or the four days in a row to go do what you want to do. And I think that's more than anything. And you don't have to come back next year if you don't want to, or that you can, if you want, I think for me, that's more than anything is the flexibility and the travel. I would think a lot of people do that too, because they can go wherever they want and stay wherever um, they want as I mean, long as they want. In one time, like I said, I help pool duty, housekeeping. Next time you're doing maintenance one. So you can pick what you really want. This time I'm the short order cook for the summer. So. What kinds of things are you making? Oh, breakfast sandwiches, French toast, pancakes, omelets, wraps, chicken fingers, hamburgers. They call it a cafe. I call it more of a snack bar. You didn't have to come up with the recipes, did you? Nope. Everything was set. Yep. That's fun. What has your favorite jobs been? I like the beet harvest. I really did. And I really enjoy cooking. So these two probably are the best. And what did you like most about the beet harvest? That it was a month and you make basically a season's worth of wages. That is nice, isn't it? Yeah. The hardest part is... Here in the Northeast, in a lot of places, they don't want, they want you to work till, like, work here till the day after Columbus Day. And you can't stay that long if you want to do the beet harvest because you got to be out there in the middle to end of September and work. So when I left Oregon, we left directly after Labor Day. So I was able to get to Minnesota and get there and do the harvest. Well, Where this year I can't because you have to. I would, I'm still here. What part of Minnesota are you in? It was in, I was in Franklin, Minnesota. Flat is all get up. Beautiful. I don't think it rained two days when we were there for the month. And just flat sun up. You get to see the sun up and the sunset every day we were there. It was beautiful. That had to be third, quite third a. Third largest corn producing county in the country. That had to be a welcome break from all the rain of Oregon. Oh yeah. It was amazing. No, I didn't. It's weird because I did the beats. I only did beat work for about two weeks and then they moved me to soybeans 
for about 10 days. And then I finished season harvesting corn. That's quite a variety. What? Yeah, that was really, that was, I didn't enjoy that. I actually like the corn and the soybeans more than the beet part. But why, why is that? I get, because when you got to the receiver, you didn't have to get out of the vehicle. They did everything. They just pulled the plugs underneath and everything went into the ground, into the hopper and off you drove. Where with the beets, you actually had to get out of the truck and push a button to release the side of the uh, trailer. The trailer was like a cage and then they tipped it. You were on a tipper. And okay. all the beats went into a big hopper and then into a big pile. Okay. But the, the first couple of weeks, because you're brand new at it, so is most everybody that you're dealing with because they're all the same. They're all work campers. They're working the scale. They're working the gate. They're working the piler, the receipt, all that too. So all they're all learning the process at the same time you are. Did any of these jobs require you to have experience before you got there? No, not really. It helped, but no, I don't think I did anything. I don't think I've done anything that any average person couldn't do. Have you faced any challenges, either RVing or work camping? I think for me, the, the thing I learned pretty quickly was that, especially in RVing, if it's going to break, it's going to happen. It's going to break. <laughs> and if you're going to be a full-timer, you have to look at it almost like being the owner operator of a big rig, big truck, because you got to do all your planning, all your trip planning. You got to know where and what to fix. You got to be handy. You got to know where to go to a shop and all that kind of stuff. Were you an independent truck driver? No, I drove for a company. Okay. I was a company driver. What are some of the favorite perks that you've been able to enjoy as a work camper? The location. Because you're, you're in such an area where there's always something to do. And here at the parks, most of them have pools, mini golf, dog parks. The grandkids come visit and there's all kinds of things for them to do. I think that's probably the best part. And it's free. And it's free. Yeah. Where else are you going to be able to stay on the ocean for an entire yeah, season? I mean, I never, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but this is the very, being like here in a wooded area or living in upstate New York, the sun sets differently. But to watch it march up the coastline from when we got there, say, looking out the front of the motorhome was 12 o'clock. The sun was setting at around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or, and then watch it move all the way up past 12 o'clock to about 2 o'clock and then watch it come back. So every day it was like setting in a different spot. It was neat. That is neat. Yeah. Have all of you... You don't really notice that in a regular environment. All of your jobs been paid? All but the the care facility. You got three meals a day and your spot, but okay. there was no no pay. How many hours a day or a week did you have to put in to get that? I think it was 30. Well, that's reasonable. Yeah. Now, our next spot is going to be a volunteer at in New Mexico. Ooh, the land of enchantment. What yes, part of New Mexico? Yeah, what their consequences is the name of the area. They're big lake there, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be volunteering at a dog and cat rescue. Oh, that'll be fun. Do you have a pet now? Yes, we do. We started with three elderly dogs and they've all passed in our adventure. And now we have a new rescue dog that we picked up in Oregon. 
and now you'll probably get a couple more in truth or consequence. No. <laughs> and what, what are you going to be doing at an animal rescue? That sounds interesting. They give you a place to park, uh, full hookups for 15 hours each. We basically are going to be walking the pets, feeding them, playing with them. And I may do some odd job around the, the air in the facility, painting some carpentry work and things like that, whatever they need. Truth of Consequences is a beautiful part of the state. It's right in yep. the middle, basically. Yes, yep. You go south to Las Cruces and north to Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, you're just within a couple of hours of almost any activity that takes place mm -hmm. in New Mexico. Yep. That'll yep. be a fun drive. And when do you get there? We're supposed to get there November 1st. I told them we'd be there. We're gonna, we'd are gonna. we like to try and take our time in between, do a little visiting with family and friends and a little bit of sightseeing before we roll in. What's still left on your bucket list? Where are the, some of the places you'd like to go? I'd like to see a few more of the national park. I'm hoping to, we'll probably be able to get to see Grand Canyon when we get out there. And we're going to go probably to White Sands and things like that. I said the hardest, we picked in Northeast for the summer because this is where all the grandkids are. So we get to see all the grandkids. And then, so it's hard to get in. Yellowstone the places for the, in the winter months. So the winter months were heading either New Mexico, Florida. If we get to the national parks, it'll probably just be as sightseers. It won't be as workers. How many grandchildren do you have? Rob is my third wife. She has two, four, six, eight. And I have four. Twelve. That'll make Christmas expensive. No, I tell them they get the same thing every year. <laughs> a card. There you go. <laughs> I told them if it's a big card, it has extra postage. There you go. There's your present. You had to start over as a work camper or RVer. Is there anything you would have done differently? I don't know. I think that's what's part of the adventure is just getting out there and doing it. Be prepared. Cause like I said, if it's going to happen, putting all new tires on here and all new tires on the car and all new tires on our trailer. And yeah, it's, New air condition. There's always something going to happen, but you have to be ready for it and just deal with it. Do you have any advice for somebody who is considering becoming a work camper? Just enjoy it. It's, like I said, if it's not right, you'll know pretty much right away. But we chose motorhome. Some people choose fifth wheel. That's really personal. That's up to the individuals. That's a good question. What kind of motorhome do you have? I have a 40-foot Numar Canyon Star gas motorhome. That's a big, yeah. And we have a, a Subaru, so you can't flat tow it. So we have to pull it on a, I, I purchased a flatbed trailer. And okay. we put it on that. And it, it goes just fine. It handles it. And why did you pick a motorhome? Mainly for that reason is to bring a, so that if we're doing sightseeing, we're not driving around in a big pickup truck. Because most likely, if you have a fifth wheel, you're going to have a pretty good size pickup truck. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to go out on a, like we drove to Caribou, Maine, which is like a seven and a half hour drive and spent a couple of days and came back. I don't know if I want to do that in a dually or a big F-350 or something. Especially the gas prices being what they yeah. are today. Yeah. That was one reason we stayed X. We were only supposed to stay the winter in New in Oregon, but we opted to stay longer because we were only being, I was only working like 15, 20 hours a week. So we weren't making a whole lot of money, 
we opted, we're going to have to stick around because gas had doubled when we were <laughs> out there. We said, we're going to have to stick around. How long are you going to be in Truth or Consequences? Through March, I believe. November through March. And do you have another assignment after that, or are you still looking? Not yet. We're still looking. Somewhere here in Northeast, though. We could easily come back to where we are, but I like the adventure. I don't know if I want to come back to the same place again. Right. That's what you get into RVing for, is to travel and experience different cultures. So very cool. So if people wanted to connect with you and just follow your travels or ask your advice, how could they do that? I would say probably through my Facebook page. Okay. We'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It sounds like you've had a variety of work camping jobs, and I think that is wonderful. What great memories. So far, it's been good. It's not perfect, but in order to retire and still enjoy the adventure and get out and see everything, it's probably the best way to do it if you don't have a multi-million dollar retirement that you can lean on. I agree. Can I ask how old you are? 57. Okay. So a young retiree. Yeah. Yeah. Robin's a little bit older than I am. So he had retired and we saw this motor home and he was getting ready to retire with this. In order to get this motor home, we got to say that we're both still working. You know what I mean? We we saw it and he loved it. And I says, we get it. We're not just going to use it for weekends. And once in a while, we're going to sell everything and go full time. And she agreed. So you don't have a a sticks and bricks house anywhere. No, we don't have anything. No. Very good. It wasn't that hard for me, but it was for her. But I think that's probably the hardest thing for most people to do is to just let go of everything. I don't know. When I had the full-time RV, it was liberating to get rid of all the junk I, that I had accumulated. I agree. I, I said, I think I still have too much stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. That's one thing that RVing does is it, it stops that habit of finding out something. Hey, this yeah. is cool. I think we should get it. Where are we yeah. going to put it? <laughs> I I talk to friends or families or I meet people and the first thing they say is, Ooh, I don't know if I could get rid of my house. I don't know if I could let it all go, but Mm -hmm. very good. Would you ever consider settling down somewhere? I think at some point we probably will. Okay. That's part of the adventure too, is finding out where that would be. Sounds like you'd probably be up in the the Northeast somewhere to be closer to family. Yes, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for your time today, Tom. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Call me anytime. Thomas Strangshire enjoyed some interesting work camping experiences in the three years he has been living the RV lifestyle. Of all the jobs he has held, Thomas liked the beet harvest for its ability to make a season's worth of income in just a month of working. Because of his truck driving experience, Thomas helped harvest beasts for a while, then soybeans, and finally corn. In addition to helping with the harvest, Thomas got to spend a season right on the coast of Oregon, and he got to help sick and disabled RVers at the Escapees Care Center in Texas, He worked on the Catskills Mountains of New York and is currently working at a rescue center for dogs and cats in mid-state New Mexico. If he had to start over, Thomas said he wouldn't do anything differently because making mistakes and learning from them is all part of the RVing adventure. He encourages everyone to try work camping and promised they'd know relatively quickly if the lifestyle was not for them. However, for Thomas and his wife, visiting different places all the time and spending more than just a week or two at each location has been quite an adventure for them. He said it remains the best way for people to get out and see America, even for people who do not have a million dollars in a retirement account. 
To connect with Tom, look for Milton Bear Strang on Facebook. Today's episode is brought to you by the featured employers at WorkCamper.com. These WorkCamper employers have taken an extra step to share some photos and detailed information about their WorkCamper programs. Opportunities exist for couples, solos, families, and whether they're full-time, part-time, seasonal, and even long-term jobs. Some are income opportunities and others involve volunteering at locations throughout the United States. Go to WorkCamper.com forward slash F-E to meet the featured employers today. Employers who are seeking to hire WorkCampers can learn about the benefits of year-round recruiting by becoming a featured employer. More information about featured employers is available at WorkCamper.com forward slash F-E details. That's all for this week's show. Next week, I'll have a fun interview with an employer in New England who is looking for help in a brewery. That should be really interesting. I'll have that interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening.